Midseason. That's about the time the Green Bay Packers will know what they have in Jordan Love. This, according to Mark Murphy. So what exactly are we supposed to take away from the next few weeks when it comes to Jordan Love? Plus, why this idea of Matt LaFleur getting to run his offense as opposed to Aaron Rodgers' offense isn't just about Matt LaFleur's offense, his version of it being somehow better. We'll explain why on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are locked on Packers. Paul, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. This episode of Locked On Packers is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I am very interested in what Jordan Love is going to do over the next few weeks. Let me be clear about that. Up front. But when Mark Murphy says, well, we're going to know midseason what Jordan Love is, it's going to be easy, I think, to say, well, then don't take the next couple weeks too seriously. And it will be easy to say that for me because I, I will say that. I don't want you to take anything over the next few weeks that seriously. Precisely because they're going to be trying things out. You're going to be getting acclimated with a new group of receivers. Though, I think the workouts and some of the things they've been doing away from the facility are going to speed up this process a little bit for Jordan Love. I think that is useful, especially for a first-time starter, for these rookies, getting them where they need to be. And, you know, the, the understanding that I have is that Steve Calhoun, Jordan Love's personal quarterbacks coach, has marching orders from Matt LaFleur, or at least, you know, suggestions of like, hey, these are the kind of some of the things that we'd like to work on. This is where the offense is going to be headed. These are things that he's going to be asked to do. All that stuff. That's helpful in understanding what we're trying to look at here, but there's going to be an acclimation process a figuring out what works and what doesn't work in the offense. That's going to take time and it is going to have nothing to do with Jordan Love. I mean, of course, it will have something to do with Jordan Love because you're trying to figure out, okay, who are the players he seems to be most most in sync with? What are the concepts that this team seems to be best at accomplishing? What are the routes that he seems to be best at throwing? What You have some idea about that, but until the live bullets fly, you don't really know. So, Anything we see in August, take with a, a, you know, 
deer hunting salt lick sized grain of salt, it is going to be different in September, in October, in November, in December. This is going to take some time and it's not just about the goodness or badness of Jordan Love. It's going to be about a lot of different things related to Jordan Love and Christian Watson and the offensive line and the run game and Matt LaFleur and all that stuff. So all of that is true. I don't want you to get too excited about what we're hearing in camp from Jordan Love or too disappointed. Camp, preseason, all those things. We're going to talk about the preseason bit at the end. This idea, though, that it's going to be mid-season, that's not that long. Like, eight games is not that long. And so I understand Mark Murphy wanting to temper some expectations of just being like, hey, listen, let's give this a little bit of time. But the difference between August and November relative to the amount of time Jordan Love has spent in the NFL means that they already think they have a pretty good idea of what Jordan Love is and isn't. It is going to be seeing it on the field. And Brian Gutekinst has talked about this. Jordan Love has done everything that he can do in practice. And at least according to Brian Gutekinst, everything to show he's ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. There is that next level, though, of, hello, actually showing it. You have to actually, at some point, show that you are an NFL quarterback. And so this expectation, and I don't think we should hold Mark Murphy to exactly eight games. I think what his point was, it's not going to be a finished product week one. And I think that's important, right? And it's not going to be finished product first week of training camp. Don't expect this to look seamless right away. Hell, Aaron Rodgers is in New York throwing interceptions in practice. We know that he does that. He, he tries things. And maybe Jordan Love will adopt that. I kind of hope Jordan Love does adopt some of those things. Hey, I'm going to throw this 50-50 ball and just see what happens. I think that's good and useful in a lot of ways. But... Six, eight, ten games, call it. That's not a much bigger sample size than we already have, which I think lends credence to this idea that the team already has an idea of what he is. And if he goes out and proves it in the first six or eight games, then, okay, we have an idea. Like, they're not going to need to see much more than that. Now, the interesting part, and we don't know where the team stands, though I think we have to go into this believing that they believe in him to at least some degree. And so if it is the case that six, eight, even 10 games is roughly enough of just like, let's call it solid play, a solid B, B minus, C plus kind of play, that that would be enough for them to say, look, we we like this. We're going to keep moving forward with this. You want to, you hope that, you know, we see a potential, a plus potential would be even better, right? But you don't get very long. It's not very much runway here if you're Jordan Love. And so I'm not saying that to, to amplify the pressure. I'm saying the team seems to think they have a pretty good idea of what's going on here. 
And if they know by week six, week eight, it's either going to be he's good or he stinks. Like those are really the only thing. Daniel Jones, we didn't know really until the end of the year. Daniel Jones could be this guy for an extended period of time. Like by the time the Packers played the Giants, he'd been pretty aggressively mid. And then you see it more and more and they win more and more and they go to the playoffs and they win a playoff game and you, okay, well, in the right system, in the right circumstances, he can be serviceable. That's not, that's not six, eight games. That's not what this is. So it's, okay, this guy doesn't have it, can't do it, can't function in an NFL offense, doesn't elevate. I, I don't think that's going to be the case, but we'll see. It will be obvious in six or, six or eight games if he stinks. And if he's good, I think it will also be obvious in six or eight games. Not, not importantly, that if he's only, only it's that it's only the case. Let me try and speak English. I don't think it's true that if in six or eight games, if he's not awesome, that he will never be awesome. I don't think that's fair. But in six or eight games, it seems like the Packers believe they'll know either he's good or he's not. Either he is what he what we think he is, which is someone who can be our franchise quarterback, or he's not. And and I would think the the bar is higher than just he doesn't stink. Like the bar if you're to be a franchise quarterback is not, well, he doesn't suck. Like that, I mean, that might be the bar in like Chicago, but it's not the bar in Green Bay. So for the Packers, if you if you think it only is going to take six or eight games. It is both the case that the next couple of weeks are not the end-all be-all, but that this is going to come around pretty fast. The team seems to think they're going to know pretty fast. Like he could have said, Mark Murphy could have said by the end of year one. And Mark Murphy, by the way, just no poker face at all. Just out here dropping the Jets on hard knocks, talking about Aaron Rodgers trades, talking about Matt LaFleur's offense. I mean, the guy just... Please let me play cards with Mark Murphy. I'll have I'll have the Titletown district deed in my name. He, like he's he's not gonna he's not gonna fake us out here. The Packers think by midseason they'll know if Jordan Love is their guy or not. I think we should take him at his word on this. Like we don't have to hold him to it, but clearly there's a feeling on him. And to me, that means they think he he can be good. And he can be there. He can be their guy. And to know by midseason says he's going to show us. He's going to show us early. And if he if he doesn't show it by six or eight games, then you have some decisions to make. That's the, that's maybe the more interesting thing of like, well, what if it's what if it's just kind of like middling? Then what do you do? That's the most difficult part of all this stuff with with Jordan Love. All right, we're going to talk about. The offense that Jordan Love is going to be play be playing in here in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. Everyone could use a little bit of help from time to time. Things you're uncertain about that you're going through. You don't know what the right path is or how to get through something that you're dealing with. In life, we're faced with tough choices. The path forward isn't always clear. 
Whether you're dealing with decisions around careers, relationship, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. Thanks, Mike McCarthy. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Let therapy be your map when you have to decide at a fork in the road. And let it be with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month just to make it a little bit easier in your journey. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Locked On. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day or is tomorrow on the show. We will have heard from Brian Gudikins. We will have heard from Matt LaFleur. It will be time to kick off training camp. We will have you for all of the breathless Jordan Love updates Come on, you still want them. I still want them. All of that coming up on Locked on Packers. Another one of the things that uh, we got from Mark Murphy was this idea that the offense that we see this year is going to be more of what Matt LaFleur wants to run. Now, there is part of this that I think is just objectively good. A more Matt LaFleur-centric offense is just better to me and my preferences conceptually. It is more modern in its approach than what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. It is ironic that one of the reasons why Mike McCarthy is gone is he couldn't evolve an offense that Aaron Rodgers never wanted to evolve. He just wanted better players in it because... It was at its best when he had really good players around him. And apparently in New York, they're going back to like classic, classic West Coast stuff. Paul Hackett, who ironically is where Kyle Shanahan stole the play pass from. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to use motion, doesn't want to use um, play action, all that stuff. It's not that it's just a better offense, though I think it is. It's that... Matt LaFleur is in charge of it now. And having one voice is, at least in this case, where you don't have someone who doesn't want to do so many of the things that make the offense good. Potentially helpful. Think about this from a popular culture standpoint. Think about the the best shows that that you like. Think about The Bear. That is a show that is driven by an auteur. It is driven by creators who have an idea of what the show is. It doesn't get noted to death. It doesn't have studio executives over their shoulder going, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Do you think it should be this? What about this? No, at FX, John Landgraf, they are famous for being awesome to creators. And so much of the best stuff that we get, whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whatever it is, is driven by a singular vision. Now, that's not to say that there is not something extremely beneficial about having a four-time MVP 
in your huddle, on your sideline, in your practices, all those things. Of course it is. How many times did we hear after a game where the Packers scored some crucial touchdown and you heard Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, that's a play we drew up on the sideline. The Jared Cook touchdown against Dallas. Rodgers drew that up. The Devontae Adams double move touchdown against the Lions in 2019 to win a game that they were trailing the entire time. Drawn up, essentially on the sidelines. Having that guy is really useful. I don't want to make this a bash on Rodgers thing. That's why I, I gave the very specific caveat here that when you have a quarterback who doesn't want to use motion in an offense that really wants to use motion, having a quarterback that doesn't want to use play action in an offense that makes life so much easier for the quarterback by using play action, to have a quarterback who doesn't want to throw to the middle of the field in an offense that is designed to attack the middle of the field. You're constantly having to split the baby. And it worked in 2020 and 2021 because you had Aaron Rodgers, you had Devontae Adams, you had these perfectly complementary pieces. But I think especially in 2021, what you lost by the end of the season was the identity. These are the things we hang our hat on. And it carried into 2022. Okay, what are the things that this team really does well? Well, the things that the other Shanahan tree teams do well are things like play action, things like attack the middle of the field. There are things like use jet motion. They attack horizontally. They have package plays. They use trick plays. All these things, they use tempo. Things that Aaron Rodgers just didn't want to do. Now, again, he was extremely successful wanting to play his way, but then also not successful wanting to play his way in the postseason. And I have to believe, especially when you look at 2021, when he was just objectively better, statistically better, the, the offense was a more singular vision. It was more Matt LaFleur. 2021 and 2019, it was more a split. It was more a compromise. And the thing about compromise is you often get a watered down version of what each person wants, and it is a worse outcome than it would have been if you'd just gone whole hog with one idea or the other, simply because then you have full buy-in from at least one party. Having partial, I think having partial buy-in of both is worse than having full buy-in from one. Well, what's better than that is having full buy-in from both. And given that Matt LaFleur has, has shown he is an adept coordinator, play caller, play designer, and schemer of offense, someone who can go into a game and have a quality game plan to attack opponents. If it were, if it were Freddie Kitchens, it would be a different conversation, but it's not. It's Matt LaFleur. So I think what you have is a situation where when you take Matt LaFleur's singular vision, it's not just that the offense is more modern than what you had with, with what your quarterback wanted to run, though that is true. It's that having the offense be the singular vision of your coach is from a leadership standpoint, from a vision standpoint, from a cohesion standpoint, just better. Everyone's pulling on the rope in the same direction. And 
this ties into some of the things that we have we have heard about and have been reported about this experience, this relationship between Aaron Rodgers and his coaches. Like this idea, Nate Tice told this story a couple of weeks ago on a, on a, the Athletic Football Show that there were times when Aaron Rodgers would make a hand signal and the coach would turn to another coach and go, what was that? And both coaches would go, I don't know. You can't have that. And we've heard from players who said, the coach would tell me to run it one way. The quarterback would tell me to run it another way when it comes to routes or adjustments. You just can't do that. It's not a way to win consistently unless you have the best receiver in the league and you have a quarterback who is capable of playing like the best quarterback in the league, playing absolutely outside of his mind. The Packers really benefited in 2021 from a watered-down league and unfortunately couldn't take advantage of that opportunity in 2020. They couldn't do the things that made them great all year in the biggest moments. So, and by the way, those concepts were LaFleur concepts and they couldn't Rogers their way out of them. How many times did we have this conversation every day or that go back to 2019? Remember this, that what they called get back plays were almost always static 11 personnel shotgun Rogers dropbacks and it was go make a play. Well, if we don't know if Jordan Love can do that, then you have to find some more creative ways to manufacture offense. That, that burden falls on Matt LaFleur. I, it is the case that I am really excited to see what that looks like. But I think it also is just setting a tone of, okay, your coaches are buying into what this what, what is being sold here because it's their vision. And you have a group of young players. I don't think it's a coincidence that you have all first and second year receivers. you got a first year starter at quarterback. They can install whatever passing game they want. And these players are going to lap it up. Because they don't have better ideas about how this should work. Now, again, you lose the better ideas if there are some. Or you lose the pushback. Aaron Rodgers going, well, why do we do it that way? And you have Matt LaFleur explain it. And there's value in that too. Think about any classroom situation you've ever been in. You have a, a person who asks a question for a clarification. And the teacher says, oh, well, because. And that explanation actually ends up being the best teaching tool that you have. Having that um, that professional conflict, having that professional tension is is to me it's good, and so it's it's I I don't think it is just better to have this monolith, but when the things that make the good offense, the Matt Lafleur offense, good, are exactly the thing that you're trying to take out as the quarterback, that's when I start to have a problem with it. That's not to say that getting some of the Aaron Rodgers concepts that he's super comfortable with into the offense isn't a good idea. It totally is. That makes a lot of sense. And I think the Packers are going to put some Jordan Love concepts that he's most comfortable with into the offense. They absolutely should. It just so happens that some of those concepts, some of the things they ran at Utah State, for example, some of the things that quarterbacks have been running in seven on seven since they were 12, it's just modern offense now. And it's not what Aaron Rodgers was doing makes it more seamless to integrate this stuff. That just makes it easier in ways that 
it doesn't in the other situation. And so I think from a learning standpoint, from a vision standpoint, from a this is who we are and what we do, an identity standpoint, that's where this can be better. A, a unification of vision standpoint. Everyone pulling the rope in the same direction. Everyone bought in whole hog. You don't have a quarterback in the back rolling his eyes or going, coach, can we stop with the motion and actually run some stuff? That was an anecdote in Kevin Clark's piece from a year or two ago. Hey, can we just can we just run some offense? Well, how, how does that help? I understand wanting to set the standard, but how does that help? How does that help make it better? How does that help everyone buy into what the coach is doing if your quarterback is undermining those things? It's not a deal. All right, we're going to finish up here with a little bit of some Jordan Love preseason talk here on Locked on Packers. All right, I I do think there's value in Jordan Love playing in the preseason. I also think that you can't be afraid to play him. You can't be afraid to play him because he might get hurt. But follow the normal structure. The series or two in the first preseason game, a quarter, maybe a quarter, a half in the second preseason game, a half. They're also having these joint practices. I believe two joint practices. So having these joint practices also amplifies your preparation. You don't have to go in a game because you're getting more of these competitive periods in practice where the quarterback's not being hit. Now, you want to see Jordan Love in those moments. You want to develop some chemistry in those real live in-stadium moments with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and all those guys. You want to see him play in the preseason some, but I would bet one of the reasons why the Packers are doing these competitive practices is to avoid having to play Jordan Love a ton in the preseason because you still want to be careful and they haven't signed a veteran backup. Like if you went and got Nick Foles, that would be a different thing. You could be a little bit more comfortable playing Jordan Love because if he gets hurt and misses four weeks, six weeks, okay. Like some of the non-contact injury stuff, you can tear your ACL and practice just as easily as you can in the game. I'm I'm not really gonna kill a team over stuff like that, but like having no plan in the backup, which is kind of where, where they are, which I don't think is ideal. Do it in situations where you can't hit the quarterback, which means trying practices, which I think is ultimately a good idea. All right, back tomorrow. As I said, training camp set to open. We're gonna hear today from Matt LaFleur and Brian Gudikins. We'll see what they have to say. And uh Wednesday, the fun starts. Wednesday, the fun starts. Football is back in Green Bay, baby. And now the Packers own the cheeseheads. Let it be ever thus. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. We're we still calling it Twitter. That's still Twitter to me. Um, I'm still on there, Peter underscore Bukowski. Um, follow me on the podcast, Adlocked on Packers. Uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, we're not going to go live tomorrow. Though, like, I bet people would tune in. But we're not going to do it. Um, we will do it after the first preseason game, which is coming up here faster than you realize. Uh, do that over on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.